sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts, so let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, so yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. I'm Serena, and together, we're from Noir. This show is all about women, specifically in film. We are going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. We can't wait for you to join us. Tune in and listen wherever you listen to podcasts, or join us on YouTube. (laughs) We did it! Yay! Holy (laughs) show, she did it! (laughs) Um, brought to you today by Chloe Zhao and the Oscars. Um, they won, so we are giving you this episode. You can thank her personally for that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, best picture, best director, um, best actress. Best lead actress. Amazing. So, amazing. Second woman in history to win an Oscar for best director. Second, uh, first woman of color industry to win an Oscar so history was made and that was kind of amazing I was glad I got to watch it yeah, like like really cool. we're alive and it's gonna be like in our like textbooks later that's kind yeah. of crazy that's right so insane no I know like like we're living in such like a pivotal time it's so weird yeah like there's literally gonna be like a chapter in like a textbook that's just about Chloe show and how crazy it was I hope <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. If you've been with us and listened to our episodes in the past, then you know how this goes down. I'm going to reiterate uh, our format just in case you're new. So we'll start by giving our first impressions of the film based on the trailer and our first watch of the movie, then break down the film and discuss notable scenes, um, things that worked well for the themes of the movie and things that didn't. Um, afterwards, we'll discuss how and when the film passes the Bechdel test. Um, and then finally, we'll give our scores of the movie. So 10 stars is a perfect film with no improvements. Five stars is a flawed movie, but still watchable. Zero or one star. We're not going to give any. Hopefully, we don't give any films or stars. One star would just be disgusting. Disgusting creation of humankind. Didn't even finish then, it. Disappointed I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> Wish I could DNA it. on the movie. <laughs> Um, and we'll end with similar movies we'd recommend it, uh, if you enjoyed this movie and other films by the director. So the movie today is Nomadland, directed yeah. by Chloe Zhao. The film follows a woman in her 60s, played by Frances McDormand, um, as she embarks on a journey through the western United States after losing everything in the Great Recession. Uh, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. That is the plot, courtesy of Letterboxd. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the movie. Yeah. And then I was telling Serena this earlier. I thought it was a documentary. And I should have known better because it was 
getting best picture buzz and not best <laughs> documentary buzz. So I should have known. And I only watched it because of the Oscars and because of the buzz it was getting. Mm. Um, I thought it was a documentary. And then the only time, like what prompted me to be like, oh, this isn't a documentary was when she has those dishes from her father and then the dishes like break, like the man wants to help her and it, like breaks the dishes. And in my head, I was like, there's just no way that they would have caught that. I'm <laughs> like, it was just too perfect. <laughs> Wait, were they I was from like, her father? What happened? Were they from her father? I remember the scene, yeah. but I completely forgot like why the dishes were important. I just remembered why they were important. Yeah, um, it was like from her father. Yeah. And then because I, I was like, that was too perfect. But like the acting was so good. Like the shots yeah. were so good. It felt like a documentary. It did. It felt so natural. And I, I know like in the Oscars, they like had like a little stuff on this year about like, um, I think it was for, because it was also nominated for cinematography. Mm-hmm. And so when they introduced all of the like cinematographers that were nominated, they gave like a little spiel or something about like each person or like each person got to give like a quote or whatever and they said that the guy that did this one his like thing is being very natural and letting people kind of like interact with the space that they're in and letting that come out and then he's just like framing it up and stuff so I thought that that was really cool because you can totally see it in this movie and I'm pretty sure that's what makes this movie so watchable because like I mean we're pretty young and we're film students so, like, we're kind of used to watching movies that are not necessarily that enticing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, like most people our age are, like, really excited about, like, Francis and watching No Medley about, like, 60-year-old yeah. women that are homeless, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, my dad was like, oh, I haven't seen it. Should I watch it? And I was like, Yeah you should watch it because it's like important to history now are you gonna like it you might not <laughs> it's kind of boring it's a little boring if you're not used to that kind of pace because it's a very slow moving very cinematic very beautiful like kind of film that just kind of moves wherever it wherever it goes kind of a thing <laughs> it's not like a very plot driven like action-packed thing it's just kind of like you're just following this lady as she like uncovers herself and just goes through life. So it very much feels like that as well. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because yeah, it doesn't really have like the typical plot. Like she is the protagonist yeah. undoubtedly, but there's no like what is it called? Uh what is it called? The inciting incident or whatever yeah, that like no drives like... her to a conclusion. It, she's yeah. just living. Yeah. It's very that's probably why it feels so documentary like too, because a lot of times with like documentaries, if it's not one that has like a specific I guess like point they're trying to make, the documentaries that just kind of like, Oh, this is a cool person, I wonder what happens. We just follow it around them follow them around for five years. Like that's what this movie feels like. <laughs> like oh yeah. fan life let's go <laughs> you're just following this person around it's kind of interesting they're able to like write a character like that like that must have been so difficult like could you imagine i mean i've tried to write like characters where you're like okay they're gonna have dialogue and it's gonna be like a plot but to write a character that has like like obviously she has a purpose and like a thing that she's trying to like find out but to have like not exactly any physical i guess like obstacles to have to like come up against other than just like 
money life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah 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 like things and it all happens in the beginning like nothing else really changes like she doesn't lose anything like after the fact like she just kind of meets new people and things kind of just like happen around her and she just happens to be a part of it kind of thing so i don't know that, that probably was like really hard to pull off i wonder how many times i had to rewrite that screen I actually really like that you mentioned that because I think that's maybe why I actually like this movie. I watched it and it made me feel really good. Like it was a, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's a happy movie because many sad things happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like she, even though the whole film is like, uh, it, I mean, it's because she lost her house through the recession and she, you know, encountered poverty. Um, she encounters like many positive experiences and people yeah. and uh, is constantly cultivating like a happy life for herself and it was just so nice so to see fun. it was like a refreshing mo- like I was just like this is a movie that cares about showing like happy moments and people yeah. chasing happiness and finding peace and like that's all she's like going after which yeah, made me feel like really good like, I like peace. that yeah yeah totally it's, it's very nice it was really nice yeah because I would so, I don't know I would recommend yeah. it but yeah if you're looking for like something where she like gets a new car at the end or see like a physical like you said like success or resolution it's not gonna happen it was like yeah it's like cathartic almost (laughs) it was it totally was yeah it exists especially in like covid because it came out during like covid and then like the end kind of well i guess we're like on the tail end hopefully at least in the u.s we are right now um and so like i guess like a lot of people are feeling kind of like the same like a lot of people are losing things but then at the same time they're finding a lot of like joy in things that they didn't realize that they had before and so i feel like the the film kind of parallels a lot of like themes and ideas and thoughts and feelings that a lot of like america's going through right now because the film is takes place after the recession there's a lot of homelessness there's a lot of like sad things happening and like you know the whole thing of, like um there's definitely like the reoccurring theme in the movie of like the government not necessarily taking care of its people that well and the people still having to like figure out what they're just gonna do after they've like trusted the government for so long um and yeah so it's it's kind of like history repeating itself and so those stories like any age that they're in we're always gonna you know kind of gravitate towards especially in the times when like we need them <laughs> collectively yeah. just like stories of okay things may not be great but at least we have small things or there's some type of inner peace that we can have even within it and yeah it's it's really interesting very interesting <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's why it resonated. Because, yeah, I definitely feel like if this movie came out, like, a couple years earlier, it'd be, like, oh, some weird, like, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, niche-type movie <laughs> that, like, doesn't matter. But I feel like it's so important now, yeah. I yeah. just thought it was really good. Like, the, you know, the sentiment of it. I like the thought of it and, you know, what they did there was was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, it too, because... Like, the same sentiment that this film has of, like, finding peace with, like, where you're at is the same sentiment that made Palm Springs as big as it was. <laughs> because oh, they were like, we're not, ex- we're so not right. expecting this at all. And they're like, I don't know why. And they're like, it's probably just because a lot of people are just kind of, you know, they're in the not 
desirable spot in life and they have to find their kind of like inner peace they have to figure out exactly like are they gonna stay are they gonna go like mentally not physically and so it's really interesting that we're getting a lot of those stories right now um I mean I'm here for them I'll keep watching them I think they're great okay so I have a bunch of like little factoid tidbit things I want to share about this movie um bringing back the trivia corner so because we've already like brushed over a couple of these and I was just like oh I really want to share these so now um going to so the movie is based on a book of the same name by Jessica Bruder and Frances McDormand read the book and loved it and she actually reached out to Chloe to make the movie and then she had seen Chloe's movie like the writer at like what was it Toronto International Film Festival and she thought it was amazing and she was like oh maybe she would want to do this and so then they started working on it so then that's how that happened that's Um, awesome isn't that so cool that's literally so cool girl best friends Um, and they used all non-actors for the people who lived in the vans. So oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, so those are all like real people that like actually they. do that, which is really cool. There was they a scene did where, so well on camera, <laughs> dude. It was like I like literally that's why I thought it was like a documentary because <laughs> I was like everything is just so authentic and like feels so real and like it totally was real. Wait, so um, like that one scene where she's like working at the camp. And they're, like, cleaning up, like, the trash and stuff. Was that lady, like, an actor? Or was she, like, a van, like, person they found? Maybe. I don't know. I'm so curious now. Do you remember the name? (laughs) I love that scene. They had such great chemistry. They were just, like, they were so cute. They were just, like, messing around. It just looks so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, the grandma girl? Yeah. Yeah, it says Linda May. Yeah, so Linda May precious. is an RV living nomad, an actress in Nomadland. Um, <laughs> How cute! I love that. I absolutely yeah. adore that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy. Aww, dude, did you know the whole screenplay is on um, Deadline? The whole thing. Yeah, oh eighty-seven pages. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Yes, please. I probably will never read it, but I just, the idea of the access. Right? I Same. I am meaning to read more screenplays. Like, Me too. I need to study. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so they were all non-actors. Um, or at least, like, like pretty much all of them. There's a scene where, um, do you remember that scene where that woman is giving the talk like with the buckets and she's giving the oh, demonstration? Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, that woman, they met her and she was kind of like one of the big what's it called like connections to other like, <laughs> campers and stuff like that Wait, so like people, they were able to find like a bunch of people yeah um okay and then you mentioned earlier like the cinematographer so for mm-hmm. this movie they did no storyboards she was just like okay so we need like this type of shot and just like let him go his name was joshua richards yes wow. yeah and so she's like that's oh, so like, documentary so like oh my goodness <laughs> Really Dude. feels just like like the run and gun like girl type movie, and it almost kind of is. I don't know how big it was, but their crew was very small, like insanely small, probably just in like the tens of people. 
Um, and, but they were able to like do a lot more because there was like less people to manage. Yeah. They were able to do like <laughs> a lot of like choreographed things. Cause yeah. Like, Interesting. I do like working with small groups, not because it's like, I guess like it just, it's more cohesive. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because less, you don't have to worry about going through other people. It's, it's a little more difficult when there's like certain people that are only allowed to talk to certain people. It's like a little weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's more so like a interesting. Family. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, and the last budget? Thing, like, what? Do they have a budget? I mean, probably. I wonder what the budget um, was. Just because I'm so interested. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Budget. Five million. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and box office is six and a half million. Dang. Wow. Yeah. They barely broke even. I know. Oh, I my know. goodness. That's insane. Ah, yeah, I was going to show you how $5 million movie won three Oscars. That's amazing. And it only made $6.5 million. Yeah, well, I guess COVID, but... Yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It probably would have made more, I feel like. That's, it's probably going to make more now that it's won. Because, yeah. like, I feel like theaters that are open are going to, like, try and get the rights to show it, like, in their, in their theaters. So it'll make a little well, I, well that always happens after the Oscar season. They'll like show movies up until Oscars, and then afterwards, movie theaters will get like the big ones that were talked about, and they'll play them at least for another month or so. Mm-hmm. I guess, watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, so it was like money. distributed through Searchlight, which is like a Disney company. So I bet they made some bank. So it's not box office bank, but I bet there was some bank going on behind the scenes. For Disney to get that movie. I don't know. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so interesting. I feel like we haven't really talked that much about, like, like business uh, I guess the industry, like, business side. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Seriously, it, interesting. No, honestly, it is funny. And we could talk about it more because my friend Jen brought up, like, she was listening to a podcast and, like, in it, they were talking about how, like, they don't, like, voters for the Academy don't really, like, give a fuck about the movies. They just vote for whoever, like, whatever cast they want to hang out with during award season. Yeah. And I think, like, oh we've goodness. mentioned that not on the podcast, but we've, like, talked about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> How it's, like, they don't watch the movies. No, because, like, yeah. on, um, I forget what it was. Was it Hollywood Reporter? They do that thing where they, like, anon- uh, they talk to people that vote for the Oscars, like, anonymously about, like, yeah. their voting choices and stuff. And so yeah. they post their, like, conversations of, like, who they voted for and why they voted for people. And I remember I read one of them, and the guy basically was like, yeah, like, obviously Chadwick Boseman's going to win Best Actor because, like, he deserves it. It was amazing. Like, blah, blah, And he's like, but I voted for this other guy because he's just, like, one of my personal faves. And I was like... <laughs> and then I'm he kind didn't of pissed win, now so because he didn't win. Guy. I'm like, okay, all in all. Because <laughs> they probably all did the same thing. But this is me I miss Rihanna so much. Dude, that video of Greta Gerwig where she said that people came up to her when she didn't get nominated and they were like, oh, we voted for you. And she was like, well, you, that's a lie because if you all voted for me, I would have been nominated. <laughs> so she's like, maybe some of you voted for me, but there's uh, no way all of you voted for me. did not. <laughs> oh my so gosh, bad. that's ridiculous. Oh, that's I crazy. Know. 
Because like, we so talked about some movies that were like they should have been nominated, like um, the the mom in *Pieces of a Woman*. They were like, yeah, she definitely should have been nominated for Best Actress as well. And then I think like I said personally, like *One Night in Miami*. I felt should have also been nominated for like Best Picture or Screenplay or something like adapted. Like I think it was only nominated for like one thing, and it mm-hmm. did it win any? I forget. Let me look I don't it think up. so. I don't think it won anything. Which is sad because that movie is like honestly, if I were to compare it and Maureen, yeah, I would I would I would compare them. They would be <laughs> Ma Rainey is just slightly better. Just a I little bit. <laughs> I thought I, it was so good. Um, I shouldn't have been shocked that Mink won for cinematography. Oh my goodness. I shouldn't I was shocked, about to tweet. I am. I was, I was about to tweet right before watching the Oscars. If Mank wins anything, I'm gonna be so pissed. And then it won things, and I was like, I was like so things. angry. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> I hated that movie. It's so boring. And I was like, the only reason it's getting nominated for like cinematography is because it's all black and white. People are like, oh, it's nostalgia of like when we had film movies. And I'm like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> like, I feel like in this Oscars, you can really see the divide between people that actually want to move forward and people that are just stuck in the past. Because if mm-hmm. people weren't stuck in the past, um, Anthony Hopkins and Mank wouldn't have won what they won. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as much as I did not appreciate Promising Young Woman because it didn't necessarily hit the mark and a lot of people feel the same way, like, I'm glad that people at least tried voting for it because it wasn't the same. <laughs> like, it's not the we same thing say, they've always seen. I think it's on record that we did say that Promising Young Woman would be a good screenplay. <laughs> And it won for best screenplay, so we were, yeah. you know, we were, we were on it with that. But then the rest of it, yeah, yeah, we were like, like the screenplay was probably better than the way, yeah, like, like how it, it was probably out. like, oh, this could work, yeah. But I wish yeah. they would release it so I could read it because there's there's like certain things about it that I feel like got left out of the movie. But you can go and listen to our conversation on that one because we have <laughs> yeah, like a whole link it or podcast episode. Yeah, I'll put the link in the in the description. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah like i don't know this oscars I, was weird because you funny. had things oh, yeah. like oh sorry you, no, had you, thi- <laughs> you had things like you had um like maori hairdresser and makeup that winning is like super super amazing as well because it's the first time like black hairstylists and makeup artists have actually like won an award <laughs> and so that's amazing uh, um it's just like it it feels like some of the great things about it are like overshadowed because of the fact that like make is still winning things and like <laughs> i know it's taken up space <laughs> yeah it's like we already know like no offense to Frances dorman and like i love how she did in this movie and like yeah she did great but like <laughs> If you're comparing this specific performance to the other actors and their actors and actresses and their specific performances, it's just like, okay, like, yeah, you did great, but so did they. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you did great, but also, like, I'm sorry, Vanessa Kirby kind (laughs) of... 
kind you're of just saying that because it's your wife no <laughs> okay but even like Karen Morgan I feel like served yeah she served us you know and it's just like my pick would have been Viola Davis for that one yeah it's like Viola yeah. should have won I, yeah I think none of those other girls had it on Viola I'm sorry but she kind of like killed it like why but does that she to me, yeah. not I'm like that should have been a landslide same yeah. with like Chadwick it's like really yeah, that should have been a landslide too I'm like we need a recount because <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> and not even just because like this is his last chance to win like an Oscar, yeah. but that character and the way he played it, I have yeah. never seen someone play something that well before. Yeah. Never in my life. Mm-hmm. Like that was an amazing performance. He did so good. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. I mm-hmm. completely agree with Glenn Close and Andre Day with um the Academy does no shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Wow. That was probably my best, my favorite segment, to be honest. My mom made a comment last year. We watched it together last year, and Brad Pitt won for Best Actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And my mom was like, I don't think that he acted I didn't like even they... like the movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it. My mom was like, <laughs> I doubt that they actually, like, voted for him for that movie. She was like, I think they just want to give him an Oscar. Because he's, like, yeah, been nominated so many to. times. Yeah, and they, like, feel bad. It's like when Leo... Same with, like, Leo. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, he should have gotten it for a separate movie, like not that exactly. Movie. <laughs> exactly. Same with I'm sorry, my king Al Pacino. I'm sorry, he got it for <laughs> Scent of a Woman, which is like, what the fuck? He should have gotten it for The Godfather. I'm sorry, but like, I'm still mad about that. It's been like 60 years. I know. Like, hello. They like, it doesn't make sense. And I'm like, okay, and that's like do that for those guys. Do that for Chadwick. Like, it's the same I know. Shit. Anyways, they did it with, and this might be controversial, but I feel like that's what Ooh. they also did with Moonlight. Oh, because right before that was that time that everything that that hashtag went viral, hashtag yeah. Oscar so white went viral the year before, and people were boycotting the Oscars and the very mm-hmm. next Oscars, they're like, "Oh, actually, the Moonlight one," and you're like, yeah. "Okay." Their <laughs> PR agents were panicked. like, "Oh shit, people are talking shit. Quick, change it," and they printed yeah, something out. Like, oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, it's like a pity thing. Yeah, it all the like time, that. and it's like, like if like pity wins. Yeah, it's like they're like they're like here you go, don't come back. Like, yeah, okay. it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness, yeah. Oscars is so scam. Yeah, and I was saying I brought this up last time that who I can't remember, and they said that fucking um disney picks a new like ethnicity to focus on each year and where i was like oh maybe the oscars does that too literally they did do that because i was like oh minari <laughs> has a good kid. chance and i was like wow like two korean movies back-to-back years no minari it's God. not even a korean it was as movie if it didn't it's, exist. A, it's an american movie yeah and they literally yeah. were like oh we're gonna nominate it for like best foreign language film and we're like it's literally an american movie everyone yeah. in the movie is an american <laughs> like yeah are you kidding me and i remember there's so much like discourse about it like everyone was like you're really trying to snub this movie just by category like how you categorize mm-hmm. it to say that it's like other and not like something that is actually an american experience just because it's not a white american experience mm-hmm. oh my goodness that pissed yeah. me off so much and it's upsetting to know that, like, they do have the capability to take it seriously because 
Parasite won four Oscars. So if yeah. you get nominated for Best International Film, you can still get nominated for other things. But they were like, nah, like, no. we, you don't win anything. Fuck you. We're not I doing Koreans this year. Do. Literally. And I was like, fuck. I really thought. That Sorry, we're like, doing women this year. We can't. <laughs> they can only focus on one fucking thing. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. They literally, yeah. Sorry, Chowder from Viola. You guys got Moonlight this year. We're just focusing <laughs> on women. <laughs> Stop. Literally, that's exactly how it is. It fucking oh, kills goodness. me. Okay, I'm going to cut. <laughs> I'm probably going to move this somewhere else because I still have one more fact. That <laughs> oh, go for it. Um, the last fact I wanted to share was... Um, in the movie, uh, the character's name is Fern, the main character girl. She's like, there's a part where she's like looking at photos and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And those were actual photos of Frances McDormand's like dad and family and like oh. of her Whoa. that they like put in the movie. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I know, right? Isn't Again, it makes it feel very indie film set. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure we did that in a film that we had to make. So we're like, let's just take pictures of the person and then we'll like have them write down things and we'll just use it so that it doesn't look like we did it. <laughs> I think we did do that. We, we, that we did that. <laughs> I always do that. I always try to have like the actor or whoever's acting like have some type, like if they have to write or if there's like a calendar or something or like anything where we're going to see like a visual of either like their handwriting or something, it's not going to be mine. It's going to be theirs. Because mm-hmm. it's like too weird, or like how they text, like it's gonna be their texting style. Because yeah. otherwise, it would just be me inserting it in there, and it's like not realistic. It kind of takes you out of it a little bit. But yeah, totally. It's so yeah, you can tell when it's like that. Tone is off. Yeah, or like in uh, they did that with that movie, Double Boys and Blood Before. There's like one picture mm-hmm. that they have on like their phones, like a screensaver or something. That in the movie is like super important to like the plot and it ended up being something that they used because it was something that the actors like on a break took of each other um i think i remember seeing yeah that. they yeah. took of each other and like they're like this is way better than any of our like stage stuff let's use this instead <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's gonna feel better because it's authentic that's so cute yeah it's so true yeah i forgot about that movie um so all of these facts i got from um there's a 22 minute like sort of documentary, an actual documentary special on Nomadland called See You Down the Road. Um, it aired on ABC, but it's actually on YouTube and you can watch uh-huh. it on the Searchlight Pictures. I wonder account. if it'll be on Hulu or something. Yeah, maybe. Because that's how I watched the movie. Yeah. Under extras. So yeah, you can go watch that and yeah, and see kind that's of like, cool. behind the scenes and stuff. And there's other stuff that they mentioned in there, which is cool to see. We'll try and link so. it in the description to you. Before we move on to the next segment, I do want to point out like how well this movie did with like following its theme throughout the throughout the whole thing. Because I know yeah. that I talk about this all the time when there's a good movie that does it. I always say this movie did so well following the theme all the way through. Because I <laughs> like if it doesn't do that, it phases me off to no end. If I just get very upset, and I'm just like, yeah, I hate this movie. But this one did so well because. I mean, even from the very beginning, and I this is something I specifically love, is when a film will take um, something cinematography-wise, either like a, a frame or 
something symbolic even like within the frame that is like that's the movie <laughs> like that's the whole thing just compiled into one single screenshot and I actually did take a screenshot of the scene because in the kind of beginning of the movie when she's meeting those people at like I think it was like packaging center it was either like Amazon or FedEx or something was it Amazon yeah Amazon. and Amazon and they're on a lunch break and they're they're eating lunch and she's kind of talking to the people around here and stuff there's one person and they have like a bunch of tattoos and they're talking about like the idea of like home and she's sorry i just bought the mic <laughs> but they have um like a tattoo on their like elbow almost it's like right <laughs> right in there <laughs> and i'll probably send it to sassy so she can put the screenshot here but i was like as soon as it's out i was like that's it that's the movie that that right there and basically, it's just this song lyric quote that she has tattooed on her arm. And it's like, it says, like, home. Is it a place or is it something you carry within you? And I was like, that's it. That's the movie. And it it really does carry its way all the way through, especially with the whole idea of, like, van life and being a nomad. It's, it's so, like, prevalent to just like the idea of like your inner peace that they had in this film about like your inner peace and the idea of home and like I feel like that was kind of also the struggle with the main character as well was because she was doing all of this stuff and while she was doing it she did keep like in the beginning she kept bumping into people that she knew beforehand and there was like a little bit of like a a resistance to the fact that like oh yes I, I live in a band I'm doing this kind of stuff. Like, don't worry about me. You don't have to worry about me. It's it's fine. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. It's something she kept repeating in all of her conversations. But when she gets to the end of the film and she becomes more comfortable with like herself and what her new idea of home is, it her conversations change. And you can see that it goes right back to this idea of like, is it some place or is it something you carry within you? And obviously for Fern, it's something she carries within her because of her father and the things that she has from her father and herself and her journey throughout the whole film. So when you get to the end, her conversation will change from, oh, like, don't worry about me. I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay to, oh, I've met all these beautiful people along the way. And like, I want to do that. I want to do this. I'm going to go to this place or I don't know what I'm going to do next, but it's going to be great kind of thing. And I just thought it was so great. Like, <laughs> so, so good. Um, so yeah, that's just my very random screenshot uh, analysis. This is a new <laughs> segment. Am I going to make a new segment? I probably should. <laughs> screenshot analysis. That's Take great. a frame and analyze it and how it, no, and how dude, it I, is that's fantastic. Everything is so fantastic. And that was even like, you're right. That's something that totally came up like the whole time. And in that same scene that you said where she was like, oh, I'm doing fine. Like, don't worry about me. Da, da, da. That was when that young girl asked her, like, oh, my mom says you're homeless. And she was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Yeah, um, she's not quite, so like, comfortable with it yet. She's still trying yeah, to, like, defend like, this idea of being a nomad. <laughs> and that's something that I think exists a lot weirdly in, like, kids media, like, cartoons and that kind of stuff, is, like, the idea of home and, like, like what is home and where can home you know where can you like cultivate a home life and mm-hmm. you know where can you feel comfortable and, 
and grow and stuff like that. But you don't really see it with like, especially older adults. You never really see like yeah. older adults. First of all, in in movies, and then like second in movies like this, where it's just all people like over fifty. Like, yeah, I don't know. And it's interesting like, because I feel like the only times you really get narratives like that are with like queer people and with people of color. <laughs> Like, when their stories are centered, you tend to get this idea of, like, a conflict between your home and your, like, inner peace or, like, yeah. uh, like your found family type thing. And yeah. so generally when it's, like, a white character, it generally does happen later in life when, like, the people they've always had around them or, like, the government has always been supporting them. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're not there anymore. And it's shocking to them. But for us, we're kind of like, yeah, well... <laughs> we've always oh, yeah. been left out we haven't been taken care of we don't have that crisis we had it at age 12 unfortunately no i see what you're saying i think it's like just interesting like to um acknowledge that like the search for like home and stuff like that it never really mm-hmm. is like over like you think like oh yeah. you'll reach a certain life you'll get married you'll do this that have a house and you're, you're done and you're good for life but it's not really like that and I think yeah. that it was kind of cool, like, to, to explore, like, the after, where it's like, okay, I did all this stuff, but life still happens, and, like, what yeah. happens after, and, like, life still, still happening. that kind of stuff. <laughs> what do I do? What happened? Life is still happening. What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Which I feel like every cool. single year of my life. I'm like, oh, God. I'm still <laughs> <What> here? now? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought I did it. Uh, crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Is it still happening? Dang. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, got kind of dark. Sorry cool. about that. <laughs> you what? So that got kind of dark. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like that's kind of what the movie's about. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a bunch of people about. that like didn't plan on doing what they were doing. Like they were just like, oh, I guess I'm here now, and they're trying to make yeah. the best of it. And I so. think I told my dad when he said he wanted to watch the film, or like he was like, "What's it about?" And I was like, "Well, it's very much an Academy movie." Because old white people yeah. are definitely going to relate with this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> you do your dad to be on this podcast. <laughs> we should. We should have him on this podcast. Would <laughs> you would fun. have some opinions. <laughs> so I was just like, you would probably find the movie interesting. And it totally is like an academy. Because you know how we, I feel like we talked about a little bit Ma Rainey about how movies that are nominated in the academy, like that the academy nominates and that they like vote for and tend to like choose, kind of have their own specific things that are all very like, oh, did it pass this? Is it, is it a, a nice, struggle movie? Like, yeah, is it a struggle yeah. movie? Um, does it have like a white person going through a crisis at a late age? Check. <laughs> That's no meddling for you it talks about the government well and how it kind of disenfranchises people while still not condemning the government for doing it mm-hmm. i'm i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> no that was that was a criticism i saw because i know you follow robert daniels on twitter now but he like boosted a post that said like um like nomadland like gives off or they they are operating under the facade of being like the poor america or being like you know the other america when that's not even as bad as it gets or you're something like that and they were like oh they're passing it off as like this you're is true struggle but like that's not even <laughs> that 
that I don't know, but I don't know if I believe that. And I don't even know if I'll include this. I kind of just wanted to like talk to you about this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's so that was like a discussion. To but... it. There's a level of privilege to it, but yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's always going to be like, like once again, the Academy loves, you know, when there's a struggle that they don't feel bad for. Yeah. 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 Because the movie it's, definitely ends and you're like, oh, they're okay. But it's like, who's going to help them? Like, they're still yeah, out there. Like, still, are they getting money? <laughs> are they good? Okay. Yeah. Just because they decided to be happy with it doesn't mean that you had to keep them there. <laughs> like, if you have the choice to do that, that's cool. But a lot of people yeah. don't have the choice. Um, so don't let this yeah. one convince you that it's their choice to be like that. That's something yeah. that happens a lot. People are like, oh, well, some people really just like that lifestyle. And it's like when you try to boil it down to the idea of a lifestyle, that's where you've messed up. Because now you're just assuming that everyone like that is making a lifestyle choice when half the time it's it's a privilege to be able to even make that choice. There was something they mentioned in the movie when she goes and visits like her old friends and stuff. And they're like, oh, wow, like uh, Fern thinks she's so cool. Like, like, we get it. You're traveling. and You're so cool. Whatever. She's like, you guys think I want this? And she's kind of like upset and sad or whatever. Yeah. And like, OK, whatever. Like the fact that you sold your house. Whatever, she's like, I didn't sell. Like I, like, I lost, lost my house. My like, house. <laughs> none of this was because I wanted it. And yeah. that whole thing. But then that's all, that's as deep as it goes. It doesn't really go for it. Yeah. It's a very like subtle movie where. It's kind of like, there's this thing that we've been talking about in our film class, uh, where we've been talking about how, like, you can still adhere to the ideas of, like, popular culture, but within it, you can kind of put in coded messages to, like, the people that aren't those people that it's, like, being praised by. So, like, for example, she put that in. That wasn't for the Academy. That was for the audience. (laughs) yeah that's true yeah yeah like that was for her and the people that don't have the choice (laughs) that was for those people that assume that it's a choice like that was like people that are like her friends that said that they're not gonna think twice about that scene but people like us where we know that there's sometimes not a choice like we're gonna think about that that's gonna resonate with us (laughs) like that's that's for us it's not for the academy (laughs) yeah that's true yeah because, yeah, I, I feel like yeah. we're in a time where it's, like, in order to, it's, like, the film industry is at this place where it's, like, either you're with the film industry or you're, like, not with the film industry. But at the same time, if you're making movies and films at some point, if you want it to be something that you can, like, live off of, you have to somehow be able to make money off of it. And in order to do that, you have to adhere to the system a little bit because that's just the society that we live in. I think we talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit in a... And you've got mail episode actually where it's the discourse of living in like a capitalist society having to navigate that while still maintaining part of your soul. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of like those narratives where it's like, okay, I have to give them something, but I'm also gonna give myself a little bit. And it's hard to maintain that balance a lot of the time. And I feel like a lot of the audience yeah. members that's like, ah, oh, you can't be capitalist and this. And it's like, we have no choice. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you were in the same position, you would do the same thing. Because, yeah. like, again, it's a privilege to just be able to, like, do something as a hobby nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really something that you just get to do because everything has to be monetized. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah, to, like, do something as a hobby that doesn't 
impede other facets of your life. Yeah, like I think the screenwriter was once talking like, oh, if you're a writer and you're a screenwriter, you need to have a copy that just can be like picked apart or monetized or like sold. Mm -hmm. That's like you need to have something that's completely yours because otherwise like you're going to be devastated. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, I guess that's that's it's kind of back to that whole. Well, it's kind of yeah that universal like everything moderation and like, yeah. lots of out outlets and just having lots of you know yeah like an even life like, in the pie of life just like splitting it off a lot yeah yeah because again here we go my capitalism rant <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> but just like we live in capitalism and in order to like survive we have to monetize something I know there's like so many different discourses on it and stuff like that where it's like oh you go to college and that's like totally supporting like capitalist societies but at the same time it's teaching you how to like rebel against it and it's just so interesting because like we have no choice there is not a a place in the world that doesn't survive on capitalism like there there isn't a choice that's what we have to accept unfortunately like if we didn't live in capitalism that would be wonderful I would love that so much. <laughs> like, like, uh, like those ideas of like where you can actually make art and have the time to make art and actually make like a project because like it costs money to make a project. It costs money to be creative. It costs time and effort to be creative. But then at the same time, like you're not given the time to be fully creative to like your potential. And if you are, you've already made money enough to sustain yourself so that you can give yourself the time. Crazy. Yeah. So I don't have any recommendations for this one. Do you have any? I can't think of a single movie that's like this one. I do. I just gotta look up. I forget what it's okay. called because I thought about it like in the middle of this movie. Leave no trace. There we go. Okay. He's like homeless, but he wants to stay homeless, and he lives with like a squatter in this like park, and then. It becomes, like, a gray area because his daughter's living with him and she's, like, 13 and they're, like, okay, you can't just, like, school out with your daughter everywhere. Like, you're not, like, that's, I guess, in their eyes, child abuse. So, Aww. like, she gets taken to, like, a system. He's, like, she can't be in a system. And they're, like, okay, well, you have to, like, you know, find a place to live, give her, like, a stable environment, etc. Yeah, it's one of those. So I guess that one. And then... Palm Springs because everyone should watch it. Since I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> For literally no reason. It's not related. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. You just need to relates. watch it. It kind of yeah. relates. <laughs> kind of, <well. laughs> yeah. Like if you're like, yeah, I want to watch another movie like No Man's There's similar things. Palm There's Springs. similar things. Yeah, completely different. Palm Springs is a comedy. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. completely different, different vibes. Same thing. Still different hopeful, vibe. hopeful motif. Mm-hmm hopefulness in the face of eternal struggle but it is a comedy and then i kind of want to want to say that it's a little bit similar to thematically to that movie we watched that we did a podcast episode on that we haven't released yet with uh, tessa thompson little woods yes you think I guess so. Yeah. Like a little bit? Actually, yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> Just like a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's got similar yeah. vibes. It does. It's kind of like that that interesting, like, yeah. I think yeah, I think so. It's more like 
uh, fictional. You can tell it's a fictional story. Yeah. But I see what you mean. Like, it's definitely, like, yeah. Okay. Down. Okay. I don't want to spoil things, because then we're going to talk about that movie later. You're right. I could see it. Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit. I would, I would say those ones. Okay, bomb. Those are good ones. Yeah. So I guess. you rate the movie? Oh. Oh, yeah, rating. I was like, we should definitely skip over FMF, because... Oh, this is not one of those movies. <laughs> yeah, um, let's not do that. I don't want to go there. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Sorry, this. we did Vix Trivia instead of FMF. Um, it's going to take the place yeah. of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were... How many men in this movie? Like, that one dude. And they're all crusty. The only ones I can think of are like the ones with the dogs on the lap. Remember? That was like, that scene stuck in my head so much. She like walks past three guys. <laughs> And they're all sitting with their shirt with off, the and they all have a dog in their lap. <laughs> that was cute. F M F. Okay, cool. Down the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that counts. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna knock it over. That's so oh funny. I don't even that remember what they look like. <laughs> I know it's fine. <laughs> we don't have to. Okay, we did it. <laughs> we did it. I did it for you. That's fine. <laughs> all right, right. Um, dang, rating, what would I rate it? I'm so impressed with this film. It's very interesting. I don't think I would give it like a 10. I feel like I'd give it an 8. Yeah, I would give it like an 8.5. Yeah, like 8.5. Eight and, eight and yeah. Yeah. Because it was really good and I really liked it. And I would watch it again and I would recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> but then... There's also caveats to, like, my recommendation. Like, I feel like if you're going to watch it, like, there's certain things you need to know going into it because I feel like not everyone's prepared to watch it or, like, appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, yeah. It's not a Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Okay. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I'm so happy. Nice. I'm I'm really glad we actually got to do this because yeah. there's I don't know. I was just like I'm so glad that like you know something something happened for us ladies, us ladies of color. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Snaps. <laughs> Been eating that one for a bit. <laughs> so yeah, thank yeah, you was- so much, so much. For staying along today, if you stayed this whole time, thank you for tuning in and listening or watching whatever you're consuming the content on. Um, go ahead and give us a like, thumbs up if you like this episode. Comment down below other movies that you want us to review. Again, for the purpose of the podcast, I haven't said this in a while. For the purpose of the podcast, it's got to be written by, directed by, or starring a woman. So go ahead and drop those down below. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening. Come and find us on like Instagram with Mandy Ellis. I don't know how podcasting sites work because I you can't comment like DM. Yeah. It's weird, I guess. Anyway, come find us on YouTube. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Like you can find us. We have an email. It's in the it's in the description. So yeah, you can you can get a hold of us if you really want to. Please do. We would love to hear from you. And I hope you guys all have a great rest of your day or whatever time it is. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye.